keep peace. Hi there, welcome on this week's edition of Wag the Dog. Glad to have you on board again. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about digital advocacy. Uh, the Public Affairs Council European office here in Brussels uh, just did a survey with their members on digital advocacy trends in 2015. And we're going to discuss the results of this uh, survey. And uh, we're going to get into how digital advocacy is growing in uh, Europe. And to do so, I'm talking with uh, Andras Banet. Uh, for this week's edition, and he's the director of the European Office of the Public Affairs Council here in Brussels, and the uh, the PAC on the Public Affairs Council is the world's uh, largest professional association of uh, public affairs executives. Uh, HQ is in Washington. Uh, they've got uh, over 640 member organizations uh, representing more than 7,000 uh, individual members. So um, we're looking together with Andres at the findings of their survey in the next, let's say, 30 minutes. Here we go. Andras, welcome to this episode of Wag the Dog FM. Thanks very much. Pleasure, pleasure to be virtually here. It's uh, it's good talking to you. I saw your uh, the the reason why we we were having this uh, this Skype call is that uh, you and your organization produced what is called a digital advocacy survey report 2015. So uh, you're with the Public Affairs Council. You're based here in Brussels, and um, what you guys did was a, a questionnaire around I think 2,500 European based. Uh, corporate public affairs professionals and then see what came out of it with a focus on digital advocacy. So that's the reason why we're here. So could you just maybe give us a bit of a background on why this happened and, and why you do these things? Sure. So I, as you mentioned, I represent the Public Affairs Council's uh, European office. And what we do at, at, at the Public Affairs Council is not lobby, but trying to look at the profession of public affairs, which is is uh, slightly broader than, than strictly speaking lobbying, and looking at it from a methodological point of view. So we're we're trying to identify trends. We're trying to look at best practices. We're trying to share good ideas, uh, given the fact that our members are coming from all walks of life and all industries, from manufacturing, IT, pharmaceutical, trade associations, mm-hmm. uh, and even some NGOs. So. The idea came up to do a survey of this kind to try to identify trends in the use of online tools and digital tools uh, for advocacy. And I'm sure we're, we're going to discuss in more depth what we mean by advocacy, what we mean by digital tools. And on purpose, I'm not using uh, any reference to social media mm-hmm. per se because the toolkit is far broader than just social media. So we decided to do this kind of survey uh, with another organization, uh, Three Communications, uh, whose uh, whose CEO has since taken up another job. So we were were running this this survey to to look at trends, to look at uh, some benchmark figures and numbers about companies using these, these digital tools to represent their interests in the most mm-hmm. uh, effective way, and this is this is correct, right? This is a European survey, so we don't we didn't check with the Americans and what have you. It's very much European focused, right? Yes, indeed. So even though my organization is based in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. uh, since uh, my role is to focus mostly on companies that are based in Europe or Europeans themselves, so. As you mentioned, roughly 2,000, 2,500 uh, organizations are uh, on our list in one way or another. Unfortunately, not all of them are members, 
but but a, yeah. quite quite a few hundred of them are. And uh, regardless, they were the ones that we sent the survey out to, and we got a, a fairly good sample of of answers from which we drew conclusions. But okay. to to answer your question in in a nutshell. Yes, it's an essentially a European survey. So let's let's focus on the survey and the findings. But first of all, you just already mentioned it's about tools, digital tools. So it's much broader than just social media. That's an important point. So it's much broader than just social media channels. And then secondly, of course, advocacy. So so maybe you can elaborate on that. What is your definition of advocacy? Because I mean, we're I'm, I'm in public relations, you were in public affairs, we do tend to overlap and work together very nicely. But what is advocacy in your definition for this survey? Advocacy is probably best understood if we define lobbying, and then we come back to advocacy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a concept. Because lobbying, at least how it's traditionally understood, is when a private interest, mostly a private company, as it may be, would try to convince the policymaker or regulator to change some sort of law, some mm-hmm. sort of regulation. So this would be a private interest going to the sort of public interest and trying to change a very specific piece of legislation. At least this is the the traditional or the, or the narrow interpretation of lobbying. Whereas advocacy, I think, is where, where public affairs and public relations uh, overlap quite a bit because advocacy is changing the hearts and minds of people about an issue. And this is not about product marketing. This is not about selling more services or, or more, more gadgets. This is about convincing the broader public, different stakeholders, be that journalists, be that uh, policymakers, be that interested citizens, be that activist groups or NGOs. So various stakeholders to, to form their opinion in a certain way about an issue, because ultimately that might change the lobbying environment and ultimately that might lead to legislative change or some sort of uh, change in the in the sort of say the external environment in which a company operates okay so that's that's pretty clear i mean it's 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 good to start from the as you said the uh, rather narrow definition of lobbying but then looking at what advocacy really means and there are as you say now it's there there is definitely an overlap with what a public relations would person would say around advocacy so that's that's a good thing i think it's always good that we overlap a bit <laughs> in our Absolutely. professions so and let's let's uh, let's oh you wanted to some uh, to say something yeah, else just wanted to wanted to add one more thought because again definitions are 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 quite different when you come to different markets because for instance in brussels there's a, a pretty good understanding of public affairs versus public relations mm-hmm. but for instance uh, my experiences in in the uk Traditionally, uh, public affairs would very often be equated with public relations. So it would be very much the the external side of of of, of the ex- external communication would would be sort of referred to as public affairs okay. very often. And then okay. again, in the U.S., is is a, is a similar approach. So we, we, we constantly have to define and redefine what our organization stands for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still explaining my mother what I do as a job, and it's been 20 years in the goal. She still doesn't understand it. So, you know. I think we, we all face that challenge. <laughs> okay, let's go to the, uh, the findings. So uh, the survey was looking at how uh, organizations, um, and then more specifically, um, European-based corporate and trade associations, 
and the professionals working in there use, as you said, digital advocacy tools. So can you just take us to the, 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 the big highlights, the big key findings here? Well, I think the number one highlight in the survey is that they do use these tools. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, is, there, is, there seems to be um, an increasing trend and an increasing interest in, in using tools. Usually the, the first point of entry is social media, given, given the easy access to Twitter, to Facebook, to LinkedIn and, and, other, and YouTube videos. But more and more, they, they seem to be using other tools, uh, namely online advertisements, mm -hmm. or, or even, and again, something that we can, we can certainly discuss, is the analytical part. So using, using data to form their public affairs strategies, to form their communication strategies, and using a readily available online information mm -hmm. for their uh, for their strategic strategic goals. So, in a nutshell, every uh, well, at least I'm talking about the those who answered the survey. But definitely, they are are very much interested in using these tools. They they allocate quite a bit of of resources. So, what we saw is on average 10 or 12 hours a week is dedicated to to managing these digital advocacy efforts mm -hmm. that's usually spread between teams so depending on how much uh, resources an organization has and and most organizations who answered they say that uh, in in the upcoming year they are expecting at least the same budget, if not more budget, to be allocated to these efforts. And uh, the last thing before before we we get to to the next uh, your next question is that there 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 seems to be there seem to be happy with it, meaning their self definition of success and the metrics that they are using seem to be working out for the organizations. And of course, measurement and the, the measurement of impact is a very tricky thing. Yeah. But still, at least uh, in their own metric system, saying the hard metrics, the you might even call those vanity metrics, yeah. but at least the number of likes, the number of retweets, things, the number yeah. of views uh, to, to, to a corporate blog, uh, these sort of metrics uh, show or reinforce their their commitment to yeah. using these tools yeah the, i mean the hard the hard metrics that's where we all started out i mean if if someone is new to it and and i just went through the details of the of the survey uh then then yes i mean that's where we start out and then we get a bit more sophisticated so uh, but again when we talk about in this survey digital advocacy that includes websites blogs social media newsletters infographs video all these things online monitoring as well so it's it's the broad definition and I'm just looking at, which, which I think is fascinating. So when you ask those people, have you used digital advocacy tools for professional reasons in the past 12 months, or almost 90% say yes. And then you have, what I'm always interested in is the 10 who say no. And then you have this question, why not? And I like the answers very much, where I'm a bit amazed where 43% say it's not relevant to my organization. That is high, I think. But then the reasons, the real reasons, it's not a priority. Okay, I can understand it, but we don't have enough time. That's something that you hear all every single time. We don't have enough time to do what? To do advocacy? It's your core business. <laughs> um, there, we don't have the resources. Well, if you don't have the resources, I think you should get them or intelligently outsource them. The only, the only reason I 
find really trustworthy here in that answer is we are not ready, 6.3%. And that is very good that people understand that they are not ready to engage online, maybe because they don't understand it, they don't have the tools, the resources. That's a good reason if you're not ready, but not having enough time or, and it's crazy that 43% say it's not relevant to my organization, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy you bring this up. Well, one sort of word about, one caveat, because the sample here is fairly small. So okay, we're talking yeah, about sure. a, a sample of 16, 16 answers. So uh, that would be roughly seven answers that, that's uh, not relevant to the organization. But my sort of empirical, personal, subjective experience corroborates that. That I, I do talk to a lot of organizations, members and non-members alike, who, who say this, that it's just simply not relevant for me. And then, interestingly, just the, the other day, I got an email from, from a, a large, very, very large uh, American company that, that has major European operations. And they're in the B2B area and uh, automotive area and, and um, also in, in uh, aerospace. Mm -hmm. So anyways, it, an organization that would typically not be the first to jump on the bandwagon and mm -hmm. say, we're, we're going to do social media because they are not a consumer facing company. But they did ask me if, if I could do a, a training for them on, on using digital tools uh, for their advocacy, because they are getting more and more interested in, in everything that it has to offer. So this is to say, they probably used to think that it's not relevant for them, given the kind of industry they are in or sector they are in, given the kind of uh, advocacy approach, the low profile approach they are taking. But still, even a company like that would start to get interested. So I think this this not relevant to the organization, I would probably insert there, it's not yet relevant to my organization. Yeah, or I, yeah. I haven't realized that it's relevant. It, yeah, it's, it's the realization that it's not relevant yet. That needs to, uh, yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Any other uh, interesting findings there? So they're ready. I mean, some of them definitely use it, are happy with the results results up till now, but we've seen that the, the measurement uh, metrics are, are a bit uh, basic, but still. Uh, any other stuff that pops out there? I think that, a little bit going back to my earlier point in, in which, which or what sort of um, what sort of tools are they using when we talk about digital advocacy and one area namely namely the using data for intelligence i think that's very much underutilized yeah because probably there's just not enough realization that is possible because marketers in, in consumer marketing and, and in the web marketing and others have been using that sort of analytics and data for forever, but at least in the five, past five, 10 years to, to enormous extent, and they drew all their decisions or based all their decisions on the information they gathered this way. But in, in European affairs or, or public affairs in Europe, I don't think this is a very present tool at this moment yeah. despite the fact that there are, there are quite a few tools so for instance we're we have a conference coming up in two days one of our speakers is from vote watch which is an organization that tracks the votes of the members of the european parliament and and the in the council of ministers and there's a lot of predictive value in looking at past voting trends and patterns or another gentleman will be coming and who, who does, again, this sort of big data analysis 
based on tweets and and accessible information online and trying to turn that into actionable insights. So my point is that there are already a few initiatives, few websites, few companies doing data analysis specifically for 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 political intelligence for public affairs yeah. purposes but it seems to be a little underutilized so that's why most people when, when we talk about digital advocacy their first thought is well social media but it's it's definitely more than that yeah yeah i see i'm just looking at the details so uh, what are the most relevant digital uh, tools for you we have social media all the way on top and then uh, email uh, newsletter campaigns, uh, that's a good one. Then infographics, blogging, online videos. But it's true because it's a bit amazing that you say that there is this uh, non-perception of the power of big data in uh, in this work. If you look at what's happening now in the US, for instance, and the first big example I think that was really pretty well documented was, of course, the Obama election. But if you look at in the US, then again, uh, now Hillary Clinton, if you look at who's helping her with big data, it's all ex-Google guys. <laughs> and, and so there, there is this and it's very open. I mean, we, we know the data is there. We can use it. Uh, and I think even in Belgium with the elections, we had a couple of very good private initiatives, but very good analysis of, uh, of what was going to happen with the elections. And again, that's very much political, but still, you know, if it works for one thing, it could work for the other. So that's an interesting given that uh, big data analysis hasn't really popped up in there. Yeah, yeah it's, um, I would slightly distinguish between political campaigns yeah. and, and so to say the classic public affairs work, because political campaigns are really, by definition, public facing and, and really convincing uh, tens of thousands or, or millions of people about the merits of a political candidate. Uh-huh. And in in a typical public affairs work, we would talk about sectors and industries, uh, policies and issues, so something much more narrow. But in, in, terms of, in terms of understanding who to talk to or mapping the stakeholders, uh, identifying who would be the key multipliers, who would be the, the key people or organizations to talk to who have a certain impact in their constituencies. That's where this sort of data can come in. So it's a, a little more nuanced or it's, it's, it's a more narrow focus, but that's exactly why the information is essential because it's not a catch-all, uh, catch-all approach, but it could be much more nuanced uh, using these tools yeah and and we're looking of course in this case we're looking at organizations which have long-term objectives probably in in as, as their top priority right not not like you know winning a campaign or something yeah that's correct yeah. that's correct so so what do you see next i mean uh, what is uh, what is happening with the you know with the use of these tools do you see anything that you say well based on these findings and of course your own experience what do you see happening in this uh, in this area I think it's only going to get more professional. We're pretty much at the beginning of of the process, even though these tools have been have been around. But let's say more targeted campaigns or or advertisements aiming at uh, online ads aiming at a very specific uh, group of MEPs or or national representatives in some capitals. Also, in terms of the sophistication of the campaigns so not just having a single landing page for uh, for for a specific issue but making it much more targeted making it more interactive there was this nice website that uh, 
I don't remember which organization uh, uh, some NGO did about uh, mapping coal mines around Europe. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it was a beautiful website, is a beautiful website. I think it's coalmap.eu, coalmap.com, something like that. And, and it's a very nicely done initiative where it's an interactive site where you can really browse around and see the impact of coal in Europe. And of course, it has a very strong message because it's it's an environmental organization that strongly opposes using uh, coal as a, yeah. as a, as a um, energy source. But my point is, that sort of website is not something we'd seen even a year ago. It was extremely, extremely rare to see such such a thing, and now now we do. So even the use of videos, it's certainly going to get more sophisticated and, and going to get more more um, more used yeah. for very specific advocacy messages. So not just infographics, but interactive videos or just videos as such with, with a strong information message explaining an issue because of the realization that it's not just a Brussels bubble that that's going to make or break a certain legislation on food or energy or or whatnot but but it needs to go a little beyond that and and there needs to be a lot of education a lot of enter infotainment infotainment yeah infotainment to to get more people on board and ultimately influence the policy outcome yeah you have um i don't know if that comes out of the survey but again based on your own experience uh here you think that uh, consultancies are, are further ahead with these tools compared to associations and, and business organizations? I think, uh, again, this is very subjective. And my impression is that most associations, meaning trade associations, are at the very, very beginning of this process. Mm-hmm. So very, very few would consider this as a priority and using these tools and really understand the impact of these tools. I, I heard from a few contacts that, that they are now getting more into it, but it's still more the exception than, than the rule. Yeah. And consultancies tend to be the ones uh, that, that just by the, the very forces of the market uh, who are a little more ahead in the game by, by using appropriate software, sure. but understanding what's out there and advising their clients uh, to run campaigns or run run efforts. Yeah. And then, you know, individual companies, usually the line is drawn between B2B and B2C companies. So B2C companies have very, very strong social media and online presence uh, in their through their marketing teams and marketing channels. And now they are trying to to coordinate that for advocacy purposes. But B2B companies traditionally have very different uh, approaches to to selling their services or products. So they, they are building up these sort of capabilities uh, with with several years uh, lagging behind yeah. the B2Cs. But that's, that's what exactly what I see in the more public relations or corporate comms world, exactly the same thing. I mean, the, the B2C organizations through most of the time, the marketing departments have this already this access, have these channels. Uh, working, they have a, a kind of operational model which works. They've got metrics which works for marketing people, but we can simply translate those. And then in B two B, of course, it's a bit different because the sales cycle is much longer. And but still, I mean, it's it's very much in line with with the rest of the world. So there's that that is a good thing because you know it will follow up. Yeah, good stuff. 
So what's next for the uh, Public Affairs Council? Are you going to do something? I mean, you, you, you of course now have this uh, report and then I think there will be an outreach. You have a conference coming up in two days. So what, uh, is, that, is this something, advocacy online, digital, is that something that will be part of an ongoing program or something? Indeed, because we, as Public Affairs Council, we're, we're looking at trends in in the profession of public affairs. So that that includes uh, issues which which are very very different from the digital area. So we look at how uh, NGOs interact with businesses. We're looking at CSR. We're looking at uh, m- measuring the impact of public affairs or the management of the public affairs function. So these are are not digital focused. But everything that's horizontal and methodology is something we're looking at. So mm-hmm. that's why we organize conferences. I do a lot of uh, training programs and and customized workshops to to share these best practices. So things that and a roundtable discussion. So what members share with us and and communicate that this is how we do and that could po- possibly be useful for organizations in a very different sector. That's the kind of thing that yeah. we, we deal with. So, yes, digital advocacy is certainly something we, we keep a very close eye on. And also me, out of my personal interest in, in the topic of how it shapes uh, policies, how it shapes politics, how it shapes uh, European issues. Great stuff. Okay, Andres, uh, thank you for your time. We'll put the link, of course, of the report on the show notes and any Please kind do. of uh, other link as well. You mentioned the website uh, around these uh, European coal mines. It would be interesting to, to have a good example. So we'll put that in the in the show notes. Again, Andres, thank you very much for taking the My time pleasure. to talk to us and uh, hope to meet you uh, one of these days in the Brussels bubble. Excellent. Thank you so much. Interesting findings in uh, in that report. It's uh, It's interesting to see how these evolutions in different professions similar professions, public relations, public affairs, are taking exactly the same, uh, how would I say, uh, waves in in adopting online advocacy tools. Uh, What is interesting here, though, it's not focused only on social media. It included websites, it includes uh, newsletters, email, uh, infographics, blogs, all these things. So it's an interesting uh, research. Again, all the show notes will be on www.wagthedog.fm, a copy of the report, a couple of other links. So definitely do go there and, and visit that download the report and check it out it's interesting uh, if you're uh, if you're working in uh, public affairs or public relations in europe and uh, if you like the show uh, go to itunes please give a review it's important for uh, the show that we get reviews on uh, every single episode in fact of uh, wag the dog would be great if you can do so and um till next week do the right thing Keep the peace.